right, I have entitled my short message this morning as throw away. Like I have said, there are things that I presume, according to the word of God, that we need to throw away. Maybe just help your neighbor and say, never throw away. Don't tell what for now. But they've got to, to throw away. I think we find this throwing away that I want us to throw away from Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read that scripture together. We will read only two verses this morning. I think they are enough to take us through. The Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the rest that is set before us. That's verse 1. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go back to verse 1. Other visions which I love, particularly the King James Version, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us throw away every hindrance. This one says, let us lay aside, which sounds a little bit polite. I am interested in the violent one. Let us throw away. It gives us more action. Eh? It's action-packed to throw away. You know, to lay aside is like you're getting your baby and you're making them sleep. You know, there are some things that you don't have to tender like that. Eh? There are some things in life that you have to throw away. And not just lay aside, sleep here, as if you will come back to that thing. The things that we throw away in our Christian walk are things that we will never return to. Maybe let's begin it this way, that ladies and gentlemen, Christianity or the life of a believer, the Bible likens it to a race. It's a race. I mean, you have seen races here. You guys, you watch television and you see a lot of people racing in different kinds of activities. I think we can move on. You, I'm talking to the guy there. We, 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 we are in a race. And in every race, there are some guidelines. There are some regulations. And every race... There is the attire that you must adorn or put on because you can't just do any kind of race on any kind of attire. Each race has got its own kind of attire. There are things in any race that you are not allowed to carry that you need to throw away or put on so that you can run, concentrating all your energy on the race, on what you want to achieve. Christianity is like that. The Bible likens it to a race. If you go to your Bible, let me get to my notes. If you go to your Bible, you will discover that two places Paul likens Christianity to a race. First Corinthians chapter number 
9, verse 24, it won't appear there, don't worry. And even 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7, Paul likens this Christian life, this Christian walk to a race that you are running. And your focus is on the finish line. You don't just run for entertainment. You run to finish. You run to win. You run to get an award. You might not be the first and the only one getting the balloon door. No, in Christian walk or in this Christian race, everyone is a winner. There is no one who finishes last. There is no one who finishes first. Everyone who finishes is a winner. It's a beautiful race, eh? a different kind of a race where no one is competing with anyone. But we are in a race. You look at your neighbor, you are in this trek together, but you are not competing. But all of you have got to hit the finish line. And we hit the finish line differently. Are you with me? Yeah? But it is a race. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul shows this Christian life in two ways. He says, I have fought a good fight of faith. Ah, it's a fight. Do you see that? Yeah, Christianity is a battle. You fight. In this race, ladies and gentlemen, you got to fight. Yeah? And he says, I have finished my race. This is a battle, but this is a race. When you are running in the track, you are in a fight because there is competition. But guess what? Our competitor here as Christians is not another Christian, but is the enemy who wants to stop you from running and who wants to cloud your running and who wants to put on your running his own things. Who wants you to put on his own attire for your rest so that you can fail the rest? You might go all the way and cross the finish line, but you have failed because in this running, you got to do some things. In this running, you got to love, you got to be kind, you got to give, you got to be patient, you got to forgive, you got to be the light, you got to be the salt, you got to visit others, you got to do this and that. And the enemy tries to cloud you from doing the activities of your running, the activities of your race, and then you miss the mark. Congratulations, you will finish and meet with Jesus on the other side. But you did not run well. And some of us can even get disqualified at the end of the, the racing. Are you with me this morning? So this morning, I just want us to, to, to look at these things that we need to throw away. If you saw our scripture, I will ask you to go back to our scripture. Hebrews chapter 2, I mean 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, these are the guys who have run the race before us. And these are the guys who finished the race. 
These are the guys who threw away the things they had to throw away in order for them to run the race. Hear me very well. The race that we are running has been run by others before. And they did it excellently well. Never mind how many times they fail, but they ran their race and finished it. And today they are witnesses. They can stand and they cheer you up and say, look, we did it. But listen to me. This witness here, it's not spectators sitting in heaven watching you and saying, come on, come on, you are doing it. They don't even see you and me. Right? We learn through their lives. That's how they are witnessing to you and me. They witness through their lives. That means that you and me will have to get to the Bible and study how they ran, how they did it. And then we know. I know that in most cases we look at their weaknesses and make them religion. Instead of looking at how they ran and did it. None of us here is perfect. The best of God's men had weaknesses. They made errors. Yeah? The best. Moses himself, whom the Bible says was the most meekest among men. To have ever been born by any woman. He missed it. Maybe not once, maybe not even twice. And that cost him entering Canaan, the physical Canaan. But of course, he's in heaven. You get what I'm talking about? Yes, they had errors. Abraham, the father of faith, whom we must look up, had his own shortcomings. David, the man after God's own heart, had his own shortcomings. Several times he fell. Several times he rose and kept running. The challenge with you and me these days is we fall forever. We don't rise because we are afraid of people's eyes and opinions. Yeah, we are afraid of what they will say. They now know what I did. And now when I get back to them, will they accept me and luck? Your issue is not human acceptance. God has made you accepted among the beloved. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. You are accepted among the beloved. God is looking at your tenacity, your ability to fall and rise. I think he is pleased with believers who fall and rise and not believers who fall and go to the pity with the enemy. Mm -mm. You have got to be one that falls and rises and continue to, to run because you are in a rest. So these are the people around us that we look up to, around us who have done it, yeah, who are showing us the way. That we can do this, but for us to do this, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says we must throw away. We must lay aside every weight, every hindrance. If you read Ephesians chapter number 4, I think it's verse 25, Paul says, says put away. Yeah, There are things that we need to put away in order for us to 
run. And run this race with endurance. Run this race with impact. Run this race with joy, even in difficult times. The reason why we are not running with joy these days is because we are clouded by things that we need to throw away. And maybe it's because also we depend so much on other believers to throw away our weights and our hindrances. That becomes too difficult. Are you with me this morning? So what is it that you need to throw away? I need to spend time on those things that we need to throw away. There are four things that I will suggest to you this morning. According to the word of God in Colossians chapter number 3, that's where we will be from verse number 5. We will discover about four things that we need to throw away so that we can move. The Bible says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Let's read verse number 6 and 7. Also, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them before you were born again. And Paul comes and says, let's put away this. I have given these a good name that we need to put away. What's the name, my brother? Where is my slide? Sins of sensual indulgence. This is what we need to put away, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we need to throw away. These are things that we indulge ourselves in. These are things that sometimes we accidentally, a little bit, indulge in but these are things that we think that's why they are sensual they are product of our senses eh? they are things that we think and then do and Paul says if you are gonna run this race throw away these thoughts that will cause you to indulge in these sensual sins that will either stop you from running or limit you or cloud your racing. Many believers are fallen because of this. Not here. I am talking about the church in broad. Many believers are no longer running as effective as they used to because of sensual sins. Many believers are sitting down because of their thought processes. Many believers, it's like their light has been dimmed because of what they are thinking. I'm not sure what you are thinking right now. It's either it empowers you or it defeats your faith. It's either it makes you excel in the things of the Lord or it makes you look home. It's either it makes you shine as light or it makes you hide under the tables. Because now you are afraid that the world has a file of these things against you. And therefore, you will have to speak the language of the world. 
Because the moment you say Jesus in public, they will say, excuse us. Who are you? We meet together. Here and there. You get what I'm talking about. But if you are going to be effective in this race, ladies and gentlemen, be deliberate in putting away the habits of the old man. I guess you hear me. None of us was born an angel. We were born innocent, congratulations, but with the sin of creation. But within we were socialized in a broken world. And one way or the other, we found ourselves indulging in these things. Yeah? And the Bible gives room. It says you lived in them before you came into Christ. But now that you are in Christ Jesus, be deliberate. Complete the mission. You are redeemed. You have received Jesus. Congratulations. But finish it off by you personally taking charge and throwing away these things. Hey, don't keep the snake in your pocket. It doesn't matter how sweet and cute it looks. It is a snake. This is the pocket where we keep many snakes. Here upstairs. Do not entertain any thought. It will cause you to indulge and you will be beaten by the snakes. The Bible says anyone who breaks the hedge shall be beaten by snakes. And most of these snakes are our thoughts. Be a believer who is able to deal with their thought patterns. Hear me very well. No matter how anointed you are, Thoughts come. Wrong thoughts. Because there's so much offense around. There's so much temptation around. There's so much of carnality around you and me where we live. Thoughts drop. But the issue is what you do with the thought. Throw it away. Ladies and gentlemen, throwing away is not a once-off thing. It's going to be our daily process as we run. We are throwing Away the thoughts. We're casting them away. We're dismissing them. Like Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. You are not entertaining the thought. It shall come, but don't entertain. Don't enjoy its warmth. Don't enjoy its seductive power. That's how the enemy deceives you. And it will feed on you. Are you with me this morning? The sins of sensual indulgence. Throw them away. Number two, what else should we throw away if we're going to run effectively? If Jesus will be pleased with us. Verse number eight. Let's move on. But now you must put them all away. Those things, eh? those guys. Eh? Put them all away. Not some. Don't choose and say, I'm still enjoying this one. Uh, today I will deal with this one, this one. Then I'll come for this one next year. No, 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 no. Put them all away because they are a cluster. They are a one fruit. Yeah? Are you listening to me? Yeah, throw the whole thing away, the whole package away. And move on. 
and continue to run. Don't be afraid of human condemnation. It's part of the race. It's part of the game. Don't allow it to stop you from running. Don't condemn yourself like the devil does. Feel guilt of what you have done. Confess and embrace the love and move on. It says, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. These are the other things that we enjoy. And I call these the attitude sins. Put away these attitude issues that are causing you to judge and misjudge, that are causing you to quit serving God because somebody scoffed at you. That's an excuse for not doing the right things. Put away this attitude. Let's go back to the verse and see the, the, the attitudes. The anger. Many of us are very angry. You were hurt many years ago. You have been a Christian for so many years, you are still angry at people. You aren't running, you aren't enjoying the presence of other people, believers. You aren't enjoying what God is doing in your life. You are not even seeing it because your anger clouds you. Yeah? That anger, you meet the person, something just comes on you like a demon. Yeah? And it shuts the glory of God in your life. And you can't enjoy it. You walk out. You leave there. You spend your life running away from people whom you think you are angry at. And you never settle. You never grow. You never mature as a believer. These things are not to be prayed for. This is your decision to say, I am throwing away this. Don't go to and say, Pastor, please lay hands on me so that anger goes away. No, 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 no. You are wasting your time and your pastor's time. Put these away yourself. Are you with me? They don't need an anointing oil. Mm -mm. They don't need fasting. They need a decision. To just say, Lord, I am letting go this anger. I love so and so. And move on. Put away wrath. A lot of us are full of fury, full of wrath. We are easy to throw tantrums at any given moment. The smallest of a mistake, you judge harshly. And you throw stones at God's people. Throw stones at your children, at your spouse. You never allow anything to wrong you. That's not the way of running. Put away. Put away these malicious things. Good people of God, we're living in a crazy world. In the dispensation of social media, there is so much malice in social media, which you also partake of. How many rumors and lies have you forwarded In your social media accounts. You just read something. It sounds good. 
forwarded without checking whether it is true or not and what it does to the other person. We have slandered here. We have killed many people. We have cursed many people. But we are praising God. I think that is not nice with Jesus. Remember that no matter how evil these people are, our duty is to pray for their salvation and not to curse them. Let God curse them, not you and me. The more we curse them, the more evil they become. The more hateful they are to you and me. But the more we pray for them, the more tempted they become. And we have authority over their demons. You hurt me this morning. Put it away. These guys, this basket, this cluster is about attitudes. It forms your attitudes. What is your attitude towards your neighbor? Towards yourself? Towards fellow ministers here? Towards other believers? What is your attitude? If it is informed by this, put that away. It's hindering your running. It's hindering your race. It's hindering our corporate relationships. We ought to be a people who love one another dearly here to a point that we can sacrifice everything for one another. But when our attitude is informed by those things, we say, ah, it's their own. Yeah, they will see it. What, do, what did they think they were doing? Ah, my God is a God of vengeance. Yeah. He has revenged on my behalf. Anyway, that is witchcraft. God doesn't work like that. God is not a God of vengeance amongst his children. No. He will revenge you amongst the sinners there. Not here. Here he expects you to love one another. To forgive one another. To carry one another's patterns. And move on. That's what he wants. So when unfortune befalls one of us, it's not God's vigilance. It's an act that you walk in love towards them. Hello. Are you with me this morning in church? Let me end here. You look sad. <laughs> Let's move on to my third thing that you need to throw away. Colossians 8, verse 8, I mean 3, verse 8 and 9. The speech. Yeah. Many believers have a challenge in our speech. Our speech is not seasoned with the salt, the kingdom salt. When a demon possessed man speaks and a believer speaks, sometimes you make no difference. The other one is speaking under the influence of a demon. The other one claims he is speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But ladies and gentlemen, where the Spirit speaks, demons have to shut up. Yeah? There is no way you can remain trying to find whether this is God or man when the Spirit has spoken. 
It is clear to the children of God because you know his voice. When he speaks, you hear him. What does the Bible say? Let's start with verse 8 that we read, the last part. It says, and the obscene talk from your mouth, not your neighbor's mouth. In most cases, you are so sensitive about the obscene talk in your neighbor's mouth and forget the obscene talk in your own mouth. But the Bible calls you to examine your own mouth to take care of your own mouth. And verse number nine, what does it say? Let's go there. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, because lying is the practice of the old self in the world. Lying is the practice of the world. You see, when people lie in the world, they are doing their normal work. Because lying is the nature of Satan. He is the father of all lies. So when unborn again people are lying, that is their culture. That is their nature. That is who they are. That is who their father, the devil, is anyway. So they are doing their father's work. You and me have our own father who does not lie who speaks only the truth, and he expects us to speak the truth, no matter how hard it looks or sounds. But because you and me have this attitude of conforming, of being politically correct, we find ourselves saying things that other people want to hear. And in the process, we are lying and practicing the habit of Satan instead of practicing the habit of our God and the Holy Spirit who indwells us eternal. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the spirit of truth. So he must help our hearts so that we speak to the Bible says, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. You watch news. You go to social media. You see leadership talking of this other country and many other countries. If you have a good spirit in your heart, you shut the channel and move on to something else because you know they are lying. The more you listen to their lies, the truer the lies become. And you begin to believe what they are saying. That is the entry point of deception. That's the entry point of you losing your steam of running your race. You begin to carry their baggage. You begin to carry their Latin and everything else. It becomes heavy. Listen to me very much. Many believers, we believe that we have a pattern in our hearts about other things. It's good too. But be careful the spirit behind the pattern. Because it can cause you not to run. It can cause you to have your faith discouraged. You can be disappointed. 
Are you listening to me? The Bible says, let's put away lying, lying. Why did you not come to church this cold weather? Simple say it was cold, Brother KK. I couldn't wake up. I'm sorry. And don't create other fictions around you. The absence. We love explaining too much. It's human nature. But the God nature in us is direct. It's direct. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? It's not me saying, but are you hearing what the Spirit is saying this morning? That's the nature of God. Direct, direct, direct. No, 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 no. I just, I just woke up on the other side of the bed. You are meaning you woke up late. Yeah, we'll hear that. Don't justify. We're living in a generation that justifies a lot of things. So put away these things. Throw them away. Search your heart. Allow the Spirit of God to search your own heart. Number four. I told you I'll be very short and precise today. Number four, we are looking at verse number 11 of the same chapter, Colossians chapter 3. Verse number 11, the prejudice of the mind. These are things that we need to throw away. Ladies and gentlemen, you are defeated in the mind more than anywhere else. The Berkeley is in the mind. That's why Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, Paul will suggest the kind of thoughts that you need to think and fill your mind with it. Whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, he says, think about such things. Because when you think such things, they energize you. But when you think wrong things, they take away your energy. You feel defeated. You feel tired. You feel you are not interested anymore. You see condemnation all over. You see defeat and impossibilities all over. It's because of the mind. It's because of what you are thinking. Negative thoughts will defeat you. They will take away your spiritual steam. They prohibit you from walking in the spirit so you can be sensitive to the things of the Lord. So Paul says, mm -mm, beloved, here, here, that's where the Berkeley is. Fight this fight every day. And what does verse 9 say? Verse 11, sorry. Let's read it. It says, here there is no Greek and Jew. Let's go back to verse, maybe let's begin with verse 10 or 9. Let's go back to verse 9 so we can have a context. Do not lie one to another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Number 10. It's coming. It's not there. It's, it's there. And have put on the new self. Eh? We have put on the old self with its practices. Now we have put on the new self, which also has its own practices, eh? which is being renewed. 
in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Renewed in the knowledge. Where does knowledge sit? In the mind. Do you see that? Yes. The new knowledge of the new self sits in your mind and continues to renew your former knowledge <laughs> so that you can embrace the new knowledge. And this is the new knowledge that you require for your running the race, for your race, for your fighting. And this new knowledge will teach you in verse number 11 that in this new knowledge, in the new self, in Christ, there is not Greek and Jew anymore. There is no circumcised and uncircumcised. There is no barbarian. There is no Scythian or whatever. There is no slave. There is no free. But Christ is all and in all. The prejudice of the mind. Where you are a church, where we are a kingdom of God, where we are a family of God, but we begin or we continue to see each other as Greek, as Jew, as a secretariat, as a slave, as free, as bond, as this one, and all that kind of stuff. That is not so. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me very well. The moment you continue to entertain these prejudices, you cannot mix together. You cannot run together. And yet we need each other so much. We need one another. This one race cannot be run by you being Jews only or you being Greek or you being African only and like, no, we need all body. Because Jesus is all in all. There is no Jesus for Nigerians and Jesus for the Ararians. He is one Jesus. One spirit, one mind, one heart. One mission, one destination. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? What divides the body of Christ in general are these prejudices. Where believers can't mix together because of their human traditions, human cultures, and all that kind of stuff. That we must throw away. So we can enjoy the beauty of our God, the beauty of humanity, the joy of oneness, the joy of unity, the power of unity. The Bible says where there is unity, there he commands a blessing forevermore. I always ask myself, God has never answered this question for me. Why is the church poor? Why is the church weak? Why is the church so ordinary? Why is the church so ordinary that the world would just want to do anything about the church without even consulting? If they say, don't gather tomorrow, thou shalt not gather. And you hide behind scriptures that the Bible says, obey authority. Which authority? And how far should that obedience and I discover me, me, searching on my own and in my interactions with the church all over. I discover that it is because we are divided. We are prejudiced. 
100%. We are not believing as one. We're not living as one entity, one body, one family. You heard what I said this morning. We are one. Talk to your neighbor and say you are one. Maybe today you can go out there and get a cup of coffee for your friend and, and give them. But otherwise, if we are Christians that really want to run this race effectively to the glory of our God, throw away these prejudices. Throw away tribalism. Throw away racism. Throw away these human cultures. We're not functioning by human culture anymore. We have been purchased. Revelation chapter 5. He bought us with his blood from every tribe, from every nation, from every language, from every people group and has made us kings and priests unto God. And we reign in the earth with Christ Jesus. That's who we are. Hallelujah. That is who we are. But then, how do we throw away these things? So that I finish. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. How do we throw away these things? How do we? We need to. We are running our race, throwing away everything that hinders us. Doing what? Looking to Jesus. He is neither Jew, nor Greek, nor African, nor European. He is God. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When we look at Jesus, we can walk on any storm, on any waves. When we fix our glaze on Christ Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, we are powerful. We release the authority. We can walk and demons flee. We can walk and the sick get healed wherever we are. We can walk and signs and wonders follow us wherever we are. Your strength is determined by what you are looking at in the spirit world. The more you look at the waves, the more you sink, Peter. But the more you fix your glaze on Christ Jesus, who has overcome, the stronger you become, the more radical you become, the more outspoken you become. The more signs and wonders follow you, the more miracles you perform with the hand of the living God. Because your blessing is on the right place. The strength of your faith is Jesus Christ. The name of your faith is looking at the waters under your feet. Hear me as I conclude this morning. The devil is defeated. He's defeated. He was defeated on the cross. The choice is yours. To run away from a defeated thing or to take authority and continue crushing the head of the serpent because it's under your feet. 
in Christ Jesus. Throw away. I don't know what it is that you want to throw away. I don't know what it is that bothers you. I don't know what it is that limits you. I don't know what it is that is causing you to stay away from fellowshipping with other believers everywhere in the world. I don't know what you are thinking. That is negative. But all I can do this morning is to encourage you to make a decision. Throw it away. Throw it away. And let's run together. Let's enjoy running with you. Let's enjoy this rest together. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. Yeah? Jesus is the master. God bless you all. I will ask Sam to come and pray for us. Even as we close this morning. Very short, isn't it? It was a precise service, eh? Pray for us, my brother. Thank you very much, brother KK, for the word. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, it's so beautiful to hear from your word. Thank you that we have this chance of hearing what you want from us. Mm. Lord, we thank you that we have been told that there are things we have to throw away so that this race and this fight can be good for us. Lord, I pray that this um, race may be good this week as we go on and listen to your word more in our hearts. Father, bless us as people go to uh, different ways, as um, brothers go different ways, as sisters go different ways. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we bless us through the week. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.